Welcome to Sully Says, Musings on Sales and Life. I'm your host, Rick Sully, and I've spent the past 25 years in the greatest profession in the world, sales. And the number one goal on my podcast is to teach you everything I've learned. I give you the tips, tools, and techniques necessary to excel in sales, network marketing, and most importantly, in life. So listen, learn, and enjoy the journey. Hey everybody, Rick Sully, and thank you so much for joining me on this historic Sully Says podcast. Now, why is it historic, you might ask? Because this is the first time I've ever done an original podcast. Everything you've heard up to this point has been repurposed content from Facebook Live videos that I had done. Converted to MP3, added an intro, outro, made it sound very professional. But this now gives me an opportunity to really delve deeper into topics. Because the fact is, on Facebook Live, you've got five, maybe ten minutes, and people are gone. But here, you're driving in your car, you're on a walk, doing work around the house. You have time to listen and really allow me to dig deeper into certain topics. So that is what I'm going to do for you. And I want to thank my friend and mentor, Bob Heilig, for giving me the inspiration to go forward with this project. But what really got me finally to the point that I was ready to do this was something that I heard the other day for the first time in months. And it was something that Jim Rohn had said. And Jim Rohn is a famed motivational speaker, very big in the network marketing world. And he made the comment that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So it got me thinking, is that true? Am I really the average of my five closest confidants? So what I thought I would do is I would really do some research. I'd do some study. And I'd put together a talk that really allowed us to dig into this concept as deep as possible. And what I found is it relates to the law of averages, which states that the result of any given situation will be the average of all outcomes. Now, salespeople, entrepreneurs, and all successful people, for that matter, know that in order to increase your wins, you've also got to increase your losses. And that's what I tell my salespeople all the time. It's a numbers game. If you want to make more sales, make more calls. But in the process of making more calls, you're going to get more no's. In the process of getting more no's, it's going to lead you to more yeses. When it comes to relationships, we are greatly influenced, whether we like it or not, by those closest to us. It affects our way of thinking, our self-esteem, and our decisions. Of course, everyone is their own person. But research has shown that we're more affected by our environment than we think. Now, while it's ideal to be closely surrounded by positive, supportive people who want to succeed, it's also important to have critics. I know that doesn't make sense because nobody really truly likes criticism, but hear me out. In my experience as a sales manager and a sales director for the past seven years, I found that new people always prefer positive feedback. I mean, they're deathly afraid of negative feedback. They take it personally. Whereas veterans or experienced sales representatives like positive feedback, but they are very open and receptive to constructive or negative feedback because they know it helps them make progress. And the more successful you become, the more criticism you're likely to face. But think about it this way. Without criticism, you would never be able to sharpen your skills or develop the thick skin necessary to move up in your career. 
Now, I recently read and shared a great article in Forbes magazine by Glenn Lopez entitled The Six Types of People to Build Your Mental Toughness. And when I say shared, I uh, sent it to my colleagues, fellow regional directors. I sent it to my vice president of sales, the managers that work underneath me, because I wanted them to all take a look themselves, but also look at the people they manage to see if, in fact, they fall into any of these six categories. Because the higher you climb, the more naysayers want to bring you down. You're going to face constant challenges during your ascent to the top. And once you finally reach the top, it's going to represent itself in the form of envy and diversity. So it will require a high degree of mental toughness. What you need to do is separate your emotions and focus entirely on the things you can control. I am a huge proponent of what I'm about to tell you. This is really the foundation of everything that I believe in as a sales representative and as a human being. The only three things you can control in your life are your preparation, your effort, and your attitude. 90% of what we worry about, what we think about, what we obsess about in our lives is out of our control. Think about that for a second. If you only focus on how well you prepare, how great your effort is, and how positive your attitude is, imagine how much more you would accomplish and how much more freeing life would be for you. So I do a separate podcast entitled Preparation, Effort, Attitude. It was the first one I ever did. I really encourage you to go listen to that because I delve a lot deeper into this subject and I think it'll really help you get clarity. But here are the six types of negative people you're going to encounter in your personal and professional life. Keep in mind, everyone has these, maybe not all of them, but a few of them, but all of them will help you develop mental toughness. Number one, the doubters. They want you to fail. They embrace any adversity or hardships that come your way. They actually revel in it. And this is what I was talking about earlier. There's people that want to bring you down once you reach the top. The next is the leeches. They lack creativity or originality. They're always looking to get one-on-one -on -one time with you so they can pick your brain and potentially steal your ideas. Be very weary of these folks because they represent as a kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing. And next is the critics. These individuals are gonna to try to shatter your confidence. They're gonna question your vision, your commitment, your knowledge, try to fill you with self-doubt, and they are usually know-it-alls. And I can almost hear some of your wheels turning as you're listening to this, thinking about certain people in your life that fall into this category. Next would be the envious. They lack the courage to do what you're doing. Therefore, they will poke fun at your efforts to create impact, and they are often very bitter. And I will tell you from my personal experience, as I've made this journey to a new phase of my life, trying to develop my personal brand and get into sales training and personal development coaching and ultimately motivational speaking, is the first step was getting on to Facebook and doing these live videos. And I would say the feedback was 90%, no, 95% positive. But interestingly, the 5% that was negative was from people I never expected to be negative. I thought these people would be huge supporters. They'd like my videos, share my videos, talk about them, encourage me. But it was the exact opposite. And it took me a while to realize the reason for that is because I was trying to separate myself from the pack. I was trying to become better. And that makes people nervous. The next one 
is the victims. Now, you tell me when you hear this description that this country, as great as it is, and I love this country, is not filled with this mentality, the victim mentality. These are the people that haven't had a good break in life. They feel something is owed to them. They want you to feel sorry for them. They're all going to ask for favors, but seldom give any in return. I have no sympathy for people that have the victim mentality because they've never put themselves out there. They've never truly taken a risk and tried. They're just waiting for someone to take care of them. And the last group is the noise. Now, the noise is everywhere, okay? These people are loud. They're obnoxious. They crave attention. They don't seem to have any ambition or purpose. Their goal is solely to make other people miserable. And I think you really see that a lot in our country now in the political landscape with these uh, protesters, whether they're pro one side, anti this side, their just goal is just to create noise and to really confuse the issue. And these same type of people exist in your world. And I don't say walk away from these people, I say run away from them because they are incredibly destructive. So remember, leadership and success are going to require a steady diet of mental toughness. It's going to help you think effectively, it's going to help you act quickly, and it's going to increase your creativity. But most importantly, what it's going to do is it's going to help you motivate and inspire your people. Because they're going to look at you and say, wow, this person has faced a lot of adversity in their climb to the top. They've seen it all. They've done it all. If they can do it, then there's hope that I'm able to do it. You know, I mentioned my colleague and mentor, Bob Heilig, earlier. That's a perfect example for me because of all the great things he's accomplishing in his life. It's kind of the bar for me. Like, that's been set. That's where I want to go. He's motivated me. He's inspired me, mostly because he's passed by me on his way to that level of his career. And that is a huge motivator for me. Now, keep in mind, it takes a while to develop mental toughness. You take a look at President Donald Trump. And I know this is a, a, a very dangerous topic. It's the third rail. But I'm not going to give a political opinion. I'm merely going to say like him or hate him. You have to agree that the critics have been firing upon him every day for the past two years. And probably if you look back over his entire career in the public eye, he's faced a great deal of scrutiny. Now, granted, he's brought a lot of it on himself. But my point is that he possesses strong self-belief. And he surrounds himself with a very tight inner network of confidants who support him no matter what. You look at any great leader, they all have that. Okay, I mean, the Clintons are perfect examples, Obama, uh, any leader. To get to that stage, you have to have very close people that trust explicitly. And that is the key to making it to the top in anything that you do. All right, so what I want to do is kind of bring things back to the beginning, where we started in the concept of the five people we spend the most time with. And I'm going to refer to uh, the author of The 4-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss. He was asked what he would print on a billboard, what advice he would give people. And he boldly stated, you are the average of the five people you most associate with. Now, I mentioned earlier that quote is accredited to Jim Rohn, who happens to be the mentor of the great Tony Robbins. So if that doesn't illustrate the point that if you surround yourself with greatness, greatness will be thrust upon you. I don't know what else will. But the fact is, the rule is suggesting that the five people you spend the most time with shape who you are. 
Now, we all interact with many, many people on a given day, week, month, but the few who are closest to us have the greatest impact on our way of thinking and our decisions. And Ferris said he got this advice when maybe he was 15 or 16 years old, and it's impacted a lot of his decisions since. And he thinks as he's gotten older, it's become more and more important. In Entrepreneur Magazine, Kai Sato said it's common for entrepreneurs to underestimate the importance of the company they keep. Bottom line, the people around you matter. You need people, whether it's colleagues, mentors, family, or friends, who will challenge you and make you better. Many entrepreneurs strive to be the smartest person in the room on every issue. But if you're always the smartest person in the room, you're ultimately hurting yourself. Your objective should be to surround yourself with people who can run circles around you in as many areas as possible. People who are exponentially better in a variety of ways. You know, and there's a great book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. And if you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, network marketer, salesperson, and you desire wealth and success in your life, you must read this book. Because that concept that I just mentioned, surrounding yourself with people who can make you better, is the foundation of this book. And some of the legends that hung out together and learned from each other is phenomenal. And they joined mastermind groups where they'd have high-level discussions, pushing themselves, challenging themselves. And that's what I did. Uh, about six months ago, I joined a mastermind. It was a huge investment, but it's already been life-changing. It's taken me to places I didn't even know I could go. So don't sell yourself short. You're capable of greatness, but it ultimately comes down to who you surround yourself with. And the second part of this is you need to be critical of the people you keep around silently. Right? Now, I don't want to sound judgmental or ruthless, but you have to understand how their influence on your performance is critical to your success. Now, as an entrepreneur, you have too much at stake to let this go unaddressed. If someone is bringing you down, you have to reduce his or her involvement in your life. Not doing so may hinder your energy, vision, and ultimately your success. Now, Sato has a great exercise to help you assess your inner circle. I want you to write down the five people with whom you spend most of your time. But I want you to stop right there before we do this, okay? And I want you to eliminate your spouse, your children, your parents, because they have to spend time with you. They're part, they're ingrained in your inner circle. I'm talking about the people outside of your immediate family, people you choose to spend time with, all right? So think about those five when you're putting this together. I want you to assign a numerical value to each person from one to 10, and then calculate your average. 10 is gonna be the most positive influence possible. And look at how each person affects your average. Now, this person doesn't need to be enlightened or perfect, but the ultimate goal is to make you better. They should elevate your thinking and your performance. Now, when you're evaluating this list, you're going to identify people who are bringing your average down. So you may need to consider finding a new person. I'm going to give you some suggestions on where to look. Firstly, look outside your company. You need a fresh set of eyes. Someone that doesn't know you will give you a unique perspective. That may be through new business relationships, uh, community projects. Uh, maybe you're gonna run for a political office. You'll cross paths with a lot of people by doing that. Maybe you're on the board of directors at your, uh, for your local soccer team or baseball program. 
Whatever the case may be, you're going to be exposed to new people with new ideas, and that's the ultimate goal. Be open to change. Okay, as you enter new stages of your life, new people are going to come into your life, and old people are going to leave. I'm willing to bet that the five people who were your biggest influence when you were in high school are probably not the same as you are today. I, for one, look back into college, and I had one very dear friend, Pete Rath, who is still a very dear friend of mine to this day. He is very much part of my circle of influence. He is, uh, not only is he a friend, he makes me laugh, but I trust his judgment. I use him as a sounding board and he pushes me because he is incredibly successful. And I aspire to reach the levels that he has in his career. So you occasionally will keep some people throughout your career, but you're always going to be adding and dropping some along the way. And I'm not saying get rid of your friends, okay? Because true friendship always endures. I'm saying simply focus your valuable time most appropriately. And if there are people who think will help improve, make a concerted effort to spend more time with them. You also have to do a little bit of self-analysis. Put yourself under the microscope, as Sato says. Be aware of whom you are helping, inspiring, and holding to a higher standard. Most great relationships are mutually beneficial, whereby people bring out the best in one another. Now, how can you do a better job to help other people's lives improve. Are you bringing down somebody else's average? Are you on the verge of being eliminated from their five? And do you care? Because if you don't care, then perhaps this is a person that you probably uh, won't be associating with for much longer anyway. Now, Keith Hillman from the website Psychology24 shared his thoughts on this concept as well. And he believes the logic behind the idea seems sound, I mean, social influence makes us all more similar to the people we spend time with. We can't help but conform to some degree. But if you look at the movie Dead Poets Society, for example, some of my younger listeners may have never heard of it. If you haven't, it's a tremendous movie. But at one point, Robin Williams takes the classroom outside and has them engage in an exercise where they just kind of walk around at their own pace. They do their own thing, snap their fingers, whistle, hum, jump, dance, whatever they want to do. But invariably what happens over a few minutes is they fall into step. They're walking in the same gait, the same pace. The rest of the group is clapping. The noises are the same. It's phenomenal to watch. Now I know it's a movie, but it is a microcosm of what happens in society. So think about that. If you're spending time with people who are more successful than you, guess what's going to happen? You are going to become more successful. And Mudos Ponens wrote, if you're a human, then the biggest influence on your personality is your peer group. So choose your peers. If you want to be better at math, surround yourself with a mathematician. If you want to be more productive, hang out with productive people. So I think you're starting to see the point here. But, you know, and, and it works in reverse, too. If you're spending too much time around people who are constantly whining about how cruel life is and who have no aspirations, then it will end up draining your energy and confidence. And we talked at length about those people early on the victim mentality. So to be more successful, the thought process is, do you leave behind the friends who are dragging you down to surround yourself with geniuses? Not so fast. You know, there are experts like Peter Sage who say you end relationships with friends that don't fit into your model of who you want to be. But the reality is, perhaps it would help you be better at whatever it is you want to do, and perhaps your social network may help you give the contacts and advice you need to reach the top of your field. But there's a lot of things wrong with this concept as well. 
And Hillman concludes you shouldn't be ditching your friends except in a few circumstances because the reason the reasons are, are quite simple. You shouldn't actually consciously pick your friends either. I mean, you trust your emotions and your gut to help you seek out people who are similar to you and you have a natural connection with. Like you can't force relationships. I mean, if you're a 25-year-old and there's a 60-year-old neighbor, certainly you can approach him, pick his brain a little bit, but is he going to become part of your circle of influence? Not necessarily because you're in completely different phases of your life. Doesn't mean he can't continue to be a resource for you, though. So I think naturally we're going to find people who are more similar to us and who we share a connection with. But if you try to do it consciously, it may not work. And there's also a fact that having a diverse range of friends is actually a pretty good deal. I mean, listen, we all have friends that have low aspirations. They don't want to do anything. They're content with their life. And we others who have high aspirations and they're great for different things. If you just want to, you know, hang out, have a few beers, watch the football game, then the low aspiration, <laughs> undriven guys are maybe the best uh, option for you. But if you want to be exposed to alternative ideas and reach new heights in your life, then you uh, look for people with high aspirations. It's pretty simple. But we've all had friends for a long time. We have that shared history. We have a strong friendship. We have fun reminiscing on all the laughs we've had over the years. I'm not saying to give that up. Not everything we do in life is about being better and being successful. You need to be able to relax and unwind with certain people. But you also have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and find people that are going to try to make you better. You can't dismiss loyalty just because you're going through a hard time and you're making changes in your life or the person you're friends with is going through a hard time and you're more successful and optimistic than them. Maybe you should use your power to help them get out of their rut rather than just walking away from them. And that's, an, I mean, there isn't much more fulfilling thing in life than helping someone get through a difficult time. Now, I will say there's one deal breaker, and that is for friends who are bitter or cruel, who are purposefully dragging you down. These people need the proverbial timeout, and they may not be real friends as much as they are leeches. So the point is not whether your friends are high flyers. It's that they accept you for who you are, and they believe in you. You have a fun time with them, you feel better for spending time in their company, and you know they're going to stick by you. And you can actually switch off from all this self-improvement drive to just enjoy yourself. But at the end of the day, you need to surround yourself with the most successful and driven people possible if that is your primary goal, to be successful and driven yourself. Almost as if you have to be two different people, the successful driven person and the fun, easygoing person. And quite frankly, that is something that I pride myself on is I have a switch and I can go from one to the other based on who I'm with. And that is important to do because it actually allows me to increase my circle of influence. So I can almost have five friends that I use for the success part and five friends that I use for the fun part. And occasionally you'll have them where they overlap, which is the best case scenario. Celestine Chua on her blog, Personal Excellence, said the type of people you interact with influence your beliefs and behavior in a particular area. But if you are constantly surrounded by negative, fear-based people in your life, it will impact who you eventually become and your progression in life. If you hang out with a group of successful, positive individuals who believe in taking responsibility for their lives, you will become a proactive individual who shapes his or her future. If you hang out with a bunch of pessimists who believe the world is out to get them, the victim mentality again, there's nothing worthwhile in the world, you will start to descend into a pool of negativity and at some point, even if you're initially a positive person. Now, this is especially important in goal achievement. 
okay? Because other people's thoughts and actions will significantly influence your thoughts and actions. For example, say you want to lose 20 pounds. You need to think of yourself 20 pounds lighter. You need to be someone who makes good food and lifestyle decisions. But if you constantly surround yourself with people who eat a lot, make it harder to eat a healthy diet, always going out for wings and beer, it's going to make it extremely difficult to reach your goal. Your ability to stay on track and your health goal will boil down to how grounded and resilient you are. But think about how much easier your task will become if you're hanging out with like-minded people who share a similar goal, or even people who have already achieved this goal. Now, as I said earlier, on a couple different occasions, I'm not saying you sever these relationships or cut away anyone who doesn't contribute to your goals. It just means you should monitor your contact with people who don't enable you to become a better person. Now, again, and I can't emphasize this point enough, that's why I'm bringing it up again. In the event that person is seriously bringing you down, you need to cut him or her away. Because eventually, it's like cancer. It will get inside of you and it will cause a great deal of pain and anxiety in your life. If you entrench yourself in relationships that do not elevate you or bring you forward, you're not really helping yourself or the other person. Because you are not being the best you can be and subsequently not being the best you can be to them. So by choosing who you spend time with, you will literally shape your future. So start by examining the people you spend the most time around. Consider if these people are enabling you toward your best self. If they're not, identify and increase contact with people who will be able to help you become the best person you can be. Now, I'm not going to name names other than Pete Rath, who I mentioned earlier, but I am truly pleased and blessed with my current stable of people. They are fun, high energy, goal-oriented, and passionate about living life. And at the end of the day, what more can I ask? I wish all of you well in this journey of self-awareness. I know it's going to be a difficult process, but you will come out on the other side in a much better place. Thanks so much for listening to the first ever original Solly Says podcast. Please make sure you download, subscribe, and comment so we can get the word out there to other sales professionals, network marketers, and entrepreneurs. It's never too late to start becoming the best version of yourself. Until next time, I'm Rick Sully, wishing you nothing but the best. Thanks so much for listening to the Sully Says Podcast. If we made a connection today, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me via my website, ricksully.com, or via email at rick at ricksully.com. I'm available for sales training, personal development coaching, and motivational speaking, with a focus on how being a childhood bullying victim taught me to find my character, passion, and purpose. I hope to hear from you soon, and please make it a great day. Thank you.